Well, hey, Mountain, I'm so glad that you are joining us wherever you might be joining us from. I don't know where, if you're on your phone or uh, maybe a laptop somewhere or in your living room. It's great that you are here. It's been a year, hasn't it? I mean, 2020 has become like a punchline. Like, like it's almost like a joke, like how much bad news we have heard this year, right? I mean, I've, I, here's probably the best meme of the year that kind of captures what it's like. What do you think? Yeah, is that sort of uh, 2020, the floating dumpster fire? It kind of just seems like perfect to me. And there actually were real fires, like massive ones in Australia as well. Don't forget about that. And then more than a million acres burned up in California. Record number of hurricanes, flooding, Kobe Bryant, George Floyd, protests, impeachment, debates, election arguments, cancellations, and all of it under this cloud called COVID with all the closures and, and disruptions and contention and roller coaster of unpredictability and resurgence and frustration and fatigue from it all and a million and million and million and million sick and a quarter million dead or more. I don't even know. It's hard to keep track. And meanwhile, we have to figure out how to move on with our own personal lives, working from home if you still have a job, figuring out how to do school online or whatever, quarantining, cabin fever, Zoom fatigue, emotional burnout, mountain not gathering for weekend worship some of the time here. And then another resurgence, another kick in the teeth. Someone said if 2020 was a hula hoop, this is what it would look like, <laughs> right? That's pretty much what it feels like. 2020 has been like one long string of bad news. Hey, anybody up for some good news? Anybody up for some good news? I mean, yeah, we could use some good news about now, right? Yeah, anybody, right? I mean, don't you ever just want to just shut off the TV, close your laptop, stop scrolling and listening and swiping and, and being bombarded with all of this stuff and just reach out with our aching hearts that are sick and tired of bad news and hear some good news. Anybody up for that? Of course we are. We've, we've, been, we've been shaking that barbed wire hula hoop and riding in this dumpster fire for months now and we need good news. And here's what I think it means. I think it means that we need Christmas more than ever. And I got some breaking news for you, and this one's not from Larry Hogan, okay? Christmas isn't canceled, okay? We're going to celebrate it this year, and I think we're going to celebrate it like never before. Because I think it's going to mean more for us. Because I think we finally know we need it more clearly than we've ever seen this. Because Christmas, it isn't about how many people you have for dinner or whether you can keep your tradition of going to grandma's. It's never been about that. And we kind of knew it, but this year it's like we really know it. And we have an opportunity to see that Christmas is really about God breaking into this world to radically change a bad news planet and bring us some good news that can truly change everything, even for people like us in the midst of a pandemic. And today, we, we begin this Advent journey today. And now to the end of the year, we're gonna, we're gonna certainly be honest about some of the losses and ache and frustration we have but you know what else we're going to celebrate what it means that we do have Jesus if we're struggling with distancing or anything like that we're going to talk about that and in coming weeks we'll talk about other aspects that have hit us so hard like the depression and the division and the discouragement and more 
There's certainly been plenty of bad news this year, but we're going to bring 2020 to an end by celebrating the incredibly good news of Jesus and the difference he makes, even to pandemic people having a COVID Christmas, all right? So, you know, we're not the only ones who are kind of aching for some good news, right? When you look back to the centuries, you hear the prophets speak words from God in Scripture to the people of God in the middle of their own problems and their own pandemics. That one day, God says to the prophets, I'm going to visit you in a special way, in person, through the Messiah, this promised one, God says. And when he comes, oh, he's going to bring healing, he's going to bring hope, he's going to bring peace, justice, love, and will fulfill that ache that we all feel, this longing for good news in a bad news world. And so they waited and they ached as we wait and wonder. And they wondered, as we do, will God ever show up? I mean, will God ever fix this mess? Has God forgotten about me? Does God know what we're going through? We hear the promise, but am I alone in this? And they waited like we wait. And then Caesar Augustus put out a decree that everybody in the Roman world had to go to their native hometown to register and be taxed. And this carpenter and his beloved Mary traveled all the way to Bethlehem. And she was carrying within her not just any baby, but the son, the one. The one the angel had said, you will name him Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. He will sit on David's throne and he will reign forever and his kingdom will never end and he's coming, as, the, as that old Christmas carol says, the hopes and the fears of all the years are met in him. And then she started getting cramps and the contractions got more violent and she doubled over and her water broke and before they knew it, they were holding a baby and wiping the mucus off his forehead. They wrapped him up and held him close. Did they know they were staring into the face of God? <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's beautiful. The plan was unfolding. The waiting was changing. And a few miles away, some redneck shepherds were out on the night shift. They're like representatives of all of us, I think. Waiting in the dark. They were distanced. They were cut off from everybody else. Longing for some good news. And God sent a messenger who lit up the night sky with a bright array of angels shouting to them in their terrified nature. And Luke 2 says it this way, chapter, verse 10 and following, don't be afraid because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And in other words, anybody up for some good news? And they were like, I'm sure they were like, yes, God, yes. And we say that with them because we live in a bad news world still today. We ache for some good news. And the message those angels shouted to those shepherds then is the same message that I want them to shout to me. I want them to shout it to you. It's the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the one. He's here. He's been born today in the city of David. And they went there and they found him wrapped up in those swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And you can find him too. I can find him too. Friends, this is really good news. It's great joy and it's for you. It's for all people. So every week we just want to say, wait, is this just a story or is this real? And if it's real, friends, the living Christ makes a difference in our lives. 
You can find hope when you're depressed, peace when you're divided, restored when, you're, when you have a disaster on your hands, joy when you're discouraged, and a new beginning when it seems like life is at a dead end. That's what we're gonna talk about in the coming weeks. I hope that you'll invite someone. The new invitation is a share. So share the link because someone probably needs to hear it just as much as you and I do. Today, we really wanna just let the Lord minister to us by, by showing us that in a world that is distanced, God comes near. In a world that is distanced, and we're distanced in more ways than one, but God comes near. And I just pray that, I pray the Lord will make himself real to you today, that you can kind of put away whatever distractions if you've got some in your surroundings right now and tune in here as close as you can. Invite the presence of God to fill wherever you are so that you'll really be open to the spirit of the living God who longs to come and dwell inside of you richly and fully and powerfully. Maybe you need a fresh visitation of good news through Jesus so that you could live with a sense of the Lord's presence every day. How have you been doing with that? So that you know that whatever you're going through, you're never alone, never without comfort, never forsaken, never abandoned. That's what, that the, that's what that's the heart of good news that we celebrate. That God has come near and if he really has, then it changes everything. So this year has been so much about distance, hasn't it? I mean, six feet apart, don't gather, keep your distance, go away, stay away, cancel the gathering. Go to school, but don't go to school. Do your shopping, go to work, but don't really go, stay distanced. And we've gotten kind of used to it, you know, but I, I, don't you feel like there's a part of us that we're never supposed to really get used to this? Like, pict pictures like this one kind of capture, I think, some of the pain of distancing. You can see here, this is this young lady named Carly, and she got engaged, and she wanted to share the news with the, the other most important man in her life, her grandpa, who lives in a nursing home, and she couldn't go in. And so there she is, looking and talking through the window as best they can. They had their moment, I guess, sort of, but distanced. And that picture kind of sums up so much of the things we've felt this year, doesn't it? We've lived a year on the other side of the glass from people that we love and need to be near. There were kids that were looking forward to a dance that never got to go. Of course, if you ask me, some of the dancing could use a little more distance, but that's just me. There's some students who'd worked long and hard to walk across that stage with the family celebrating and cheering for them, and it never happened for them that way, the way they'd hoped. There were some couples who stood with a preacher who was on a, on a tablet or, or, a, or a, you know, a laptop behind them repeating their vows over Zoom with family distant. And there were family reunions and summer camp and vacations and Thanksgiving and probably some Christmas gatherings that will never happen. And some families saw loved ones pass away this year at a time when, when we most wanna come together and hug each other and cry together even then we were distanced. It's taken its toll. And even I think the most introverted among us is aware how much we really need connection. Anybody, anybody up for some good news? <laughs> yeah, we are. 
And the good news is that no matter how disconnected we may feel and how distant we may feel, God is near. And this is really the center of the Christmas message, isn't it? John 1.14 reminds us, kind of talks about Christmas from a cosmic perspective. It says, so the word, that's, a, that's referring to Jesus, the eternal creator, all-knowing God who made you, this word, Jesus, became human or flesh like us. He came down here and he made his home among us. That, that word means he came and, and to dwell among us, be with us, pitch his tent, move into our neighborhood so that he could be near. And it says he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen him, the glory of the Father, the Father's one and only Son. And then when the angel spoke to Joseph about the birth of Jesus, he said in Matthew 1, that virgin is going to conceive a child. He's quoting from the Old Testament. She will give birth to a son, and what were they going to call him? Just as the prophet said, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God with us. I'm not going to be with my parents and my extended family this Christmas for the first time in my life. Probably some of you are going to be distant or not having those kind of celebrations as well. But aren't you glad that God is still with us through Jesus? Everything about Jesus is about being with us, coming near us. When he called his disciples, the Bible says he called them to be with him. And his whole life was about being with people. He traveled and he'd go be with people, the lonely, the hurting, the outcast, the disciples, Pharisees, everybody. He was with them. And then at the end of his life, he wrapped it all up by saying in Matthew 28, surely I am with you always. And he was talking not just to them, but to us. Like it continues now, not just back then, but now with us. So what does that mean amidst bad news of 2020? Well, it means this. It means that no matter how distanced and driven apart we may feel, no matter how cut off or alone you might be as a result of this, how sick of, you, of everything you are, none of that affects God one bit because God has come near in Jesus. And through his life and death, and because he's risen again, he's alive again and still with us. And he promises that by faith, we can invite him into our hearts, our minds, that he will take up residence within us and fill us with his own spirit. I want to live with that awareness more fully in a distanced world, and you should too. It means that God is not some distant, aloof being, but he's close and he's intimate and he's a friend and we can experience it every day no matter what we're going through. This is not just some news for a few people who might be kind of especially struggling with what's going on right now. This is news for all of us. This is news for, for lonely people. This is, a news for, for, this is news for people who are hurting, for someone who, who's like struggling to be celibate and sexually pure, but there's an ache and a loneliness. This matters if God has come near. This is for someone who, who's single and, and struggling with it or married and feeling so alone in that marriage. This fact that God has come near is a game changer for, for someone who's a service woman or serviceman in, in our armed forces somewhere right now, maybe Iraq or Afghanistan, who knows where, far away from family, 
God is near. This is for, for some college kids that are more homesick than you're, you're too embarrassed to admit it. It's for, for middle schoolers who are glad you're not back in school because that cafeteria is the loneliest place on the planet. And it's for middle-aged people who like are busy and all the time going, but you don't have anyone who's a good friend. God is near. This makes a difference. It's for, it's for people who are are guilt-ridden and shame-filled and far from God. You feel like your faith is fake. God is near and you don't have to live on the other side of the glass from God. Let me just be real honest with you today and tell you some of the ways that the nearness of God changes my life. There are just four quick things I'll mention that mean the most to me as I just thought of them. Maybe they mean a lot to you too or could. The first two are reminders that because God is near, it means I can experience his presence and his power. You're meant to experience the presence and power of God in your life too. When you experience the presence of God, it means that you're never alone, that you can live with God and talk with God and pray with God and be with God and feel his closeness every day. That's fellowship. Psalm 23 says he's like a shepherd who's like kind of always walking with you. And even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid. Why? Because it says, God, you're with me. That's the presence of God. Never alone. And in addition to the presence of God, I love, I love that I can experience the power of God because I often don't feel very strong or bold on my own. When you open your heart to God's spirit, to give you strength. You have strength you don't have on your own. Because of Christ alive in me, I can tap into power to give me strength. The Bible says I can do all kinds of things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can overcome temptation that on my own I'm no match for. I can persevere through trials that I would cave under if it wasn't for the power of Christ. I can forgive someone when on my own flesh I want to hate him or I can be kind or serve when I, want to, when I want to be a jerk and be mean and selfish. I have power with me. The Bible says God's power is most powerful when I'm weak. And Ephesians says we can give glory to God because his power is at work within us. God's power at work within us. And if that's true, no wonder we can accomplish infinitely more than we could even ask or think. You also can experience God's presence and power in your life. And because God is near, it means we can also find comfort and courage. And I need comfort when I'm scared. I, I need to know God's with me. When I'm worried or anxious, he soothes my mind. When I'm sad because of a loss, I think of verses like Psalm 34 that says, you know, the, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's really good news. And you can not only find comfort, you can find courage. Deuteronomy 8.31 just says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of whatever you're facing. For the Lord your God goes, what? With you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with us. You can stand in his strength to Strength to do the right thing. You can find courage to face a tragedy, to find the grit to go through chemo. You can find courage because of Christ to fight for your marriage or to suck it up and be the father you need to be or to do the right thing when no one else is looking, to hang in there when life is hard, to get through a pandemic. We need the courage that I can only find in Christ. So 
thank God that he's near and he's with you and he gives us his presence and his power and his comfort and his courage because Romans 8 says there's nothing, no trouble or hardship or persecution or pandemic that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You want some good news? There it is. That's it. God has come near and nothing can drive him away, keep him away, push him away. And he has you in his hand and nothing can snatch you out of his hand. What, what good news is that? Wow. And the best news of all is that this is never ending, by the way. When you establish a relationship with Christ, it goes for all eternity. When someone dies, from our perspective, it looks like a loss, like they've separated and distanced from us. But for the believer in Christ, when you die, you are, it's all about reunion. It's about taking the glass away, the one we've looked through, the glass darkly, and, and now we're coming face to face with the one we'll be with forever. And that's good news. Really good news for people living in a bad news world. Friends, that's what the mission of this church is all about. It's what, if you're a believer in Christ, it's what your mission is, is to share that good news. I want to kind of, we've used the word pivot a lot this year. I want to pivot right now for a moment. And I, I want to I tell you, thank you, thank you and tell you and invite you, okay? In the midst of all this COVID stuff this year, I, I want to let you know some extremely important things about how the good news of Jesus Christ has continued to be proclaimed and shared through this church. Now, we've obviously taken a step back, and I'm not going to lie, I don't like this situation where we are, where we're not meeting this week, but uh, I, I'm excited that we're very close, I think, to meeting in person again, and you'll be hearing from me real soon about some plans for December. But, uh, but I, I, what I want you to understand is that even though we're not meeting in large gatherings, God has been powerfully at work at Mountain nonstop, and there's so many stories of this church being the church so the three things I want to say to you in this little sidebar today is, is, first of all, thank you, and then I want to tell you something, and then I want to give you an invitation. Thank you, tell you, invite you. First of all, thank you. I can't tell you how grateful I am, honestly, for the generosity of so many mountain people who've made it possible for us to bring so much good news over these last several months. So for the giving that you might have done through Mountain, thank you. Thank you. And then I want to tell you something. I want to tell you that Mountain's been doing so much good ministry that matters so much and that is making such a difference. And I'm not exaggerating, folks, when I say that I believe that the work we're doing is more important now than it has ever been. You've heard about the thousands that have been blessed through our Dare to Love initiative, 80,000 acts, now the Dare to Care, 14,000 or wherever we are, it's only going to go up. In addition to that, did you know that through the generosity of mountain people, we've, you've made it possible to bless and invest in some other vital ministries with special gifts we've been making this year? You probably don't know this. We gave a $10,000 check to World Relief to establish COVID clinics for refugees in Baltimore. Awesome. We gave a $10,000 check to Central India Christian Mission to help 333 families in desperate need have life essential food baskets at 30 bucks a pop. Praise God. And we gave a $20,000 check to International Disaster Emergency Services for hurricane relief to help families rebuild from storms in Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. Awesome. And we gave an extra $20,000 gift to Missions of Hope International, Mohi in Kenya, to help 500 kids get back to school safely with protocols in, in 2021. We've been bringing good news in so many ways behind the scenes, and it matters, and it's making a difference. 
and we just need to continue to keep bringing good news. And, and the ministry of mountain itself, like what we do right here, friends, I want to just remind you, it's vital. I can't begin to tell you the stories of appreciation for the people pour in about what this church has meant through the pandemic. Don't let it fool you that they're not having services. God is at work. From, from helping people stay connected through our massive small group network to supporting one another in recovery groups in this difficult time, to giving away huge food in huge quantities, to counseling and pastoral care and personal touches, biblical teaching and the pouring into our students who are so hungry for the connections they're getting in our student ministries, kids ministry, all this stuff in the, in the looming Aberdeen campus around the corner. Friends, if you add it all up, it's staggering and critical that we keep bringing it. So I just had to tell you thank you and, and then to tell you that Mountain has been doing so much that matters so much. And now I want to invite you I want to invite you to prayerfully talk with God, listen to God, and then I want to invite you to make your best gift to Mountain between now and the end of the year. I'll just unapologetically ask you and invite you. We don't, I know we don't talk a lot about money, but when we do, we're just very direct. And I just want to directly invite you to say, God, what do you want me to do? And, and make your, God, your first in my life kind of gift that will help us do all we can to bring good news. Now I wanna tell you about a couple other exciting things that are special right now that if we bring our best gift, we can do. Some of you remember Pat and Katie Gerber. They are mountain people we love so much and a few years ago, God called them to Kenya and so off they went to do that amazing work with Missions of Hope, providing the education, healthcare and all of that. Listen to this special message from our friends, Pat and Katie Gerber. Hi, we're the Gerbers. Um, this is Pat and I'm Katie. And we have a daughter, Hannah, who's 15. Uh, in the year 2015, we uh, had a day that Katie and I set aside to talk and pray about what might be next for our family. And God just clearly said that day uh, that he wanted us to move to Kenya so we could join our friends at Missions of Hope International in Nairobi, Kenya. Missions of Hope has lots of ministries, but they all flow out of our schools. And so when COVID hit in March and all schools were closed, that was a real blow to all of our ministries that they all had to kind of stop or slow down. Uh, but the thing that we really had to ramp up was food distribution. Our kids are mostly getting their food from uh, eating at school. And if they're not at school, they're not eating. And their parents are, at the time were really struggling to get jobs because of the economy locking down. And so uh, Missions of Hope turned into a, a giant food distribution center. And uh, this, this helped meet the need that we were feeling in our communities at the time. And those food baskets were devotion or uh, material uh, just to help for information on health um, from hand washing and just tips on how to keep, keep yourself safe. Um, but an amazing part of that food distribution was that we had staff who were there uh, sharing the gospel and praying with our parents. And we had 414 parents come to Christ during that time, which was awesome. That is awesome. And some of you have been there. You sponsor kids there. And, and we just want to see that continue. And that's why it matters that we bring our best gift at the end of 2020 to allow us to continue to support the Gerbers in Kenya for another two years. 
Let me tell you about something else. We're doing something else new that we have planned that our best gifts can help us do. For several years, we've partnered with Magnolia Elementary in Joppa for blessings in a backpack. It puts food in in kids' backpacks, send them home on the weekend. And now uh, we want to start that same program in another school in Aberdeen, right? Where we have our new campus going in the epicenter to help care for kids and families in that area. It's gonna be very, very exciting. We wanna give a seed gift that could pay for an entire year of that program. What an awesome start it would be. So I wanna invite you to do your best to give your best gift. I just would ask you to humbly pray about that for this bring good news, end of the year kind of Christmas season offering. And if you're one of those who's been helping Mountain be generous all along, just prayerfully ask, what special gift am I supposed to do now? And I know that some of us have stepped back or stepped away from giving for lots of different reasons. Maybe you've never put your toe in that water. Here's an opportunity for you. I invite you to see it as a moment to begin or to restart that part of your devotion to God, to trust Him, to help you bring good news. That's the invitation. Now in the end of the year, make your best gift. Here's a practical angle on that I just want to challenge you with. Could you give one in December? Like, what if you gave an extra one day's salary as your gift? Or maybe maybe you could give one week's paycheck as your best gift. Or or the amount you make in one month of your income. Or maybe you could give what equals one year of your income. There's a challenge for you. One day, week, month, or a year. Would you be willing to wrestle with whatever that would represent your best? And then let's together bring good news to a world that's so discouraged and distanced and divided. You know, one of my favorite stories is is from Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41 is this part of the Bible where God's people are hurting a lot like we are. They're kind of staggering around, they're feeling distanced. There's one other part of the Bible that talks about them reaching their hands to the sky and wondering if God was there. Would God ever break open the sky and come to be among them. It's almost like that story I've heard of Navy SEALs bursting into a room to to set free a bunch of hostages, but they'd been there so long that they just, they didn't trust. They had been so distanced, they they thought the people were there to hurt them. Until one one of the Navy SEALs, he didn't know what to do, but he had an idea. And he went over and he put down his weapon, he took off his helmet, he took off his mask and he went to the wall and he slid down, curled up next to one of those hostages that was there. The shaft of light from the choppers shining on them. And they could see each other's faces finally and he softened the look on his face. He put his arms around them. He was trying to show them that he really was one of them. And he stayed there until they locked eyes and then that Navy SEAL whispered, We really are Americans. You can trust us. We're here to rescue you. Will you follow us? And then he stood to his feet and he put out his hand. And a really beautiful moment, that hostage trusted and reached up and took his hand. He lifted him up and he walked out the door. And then another one did, and another hostage and another. 
And that story ends with all those hostages safe on an American aircraft carrier somewhere. That story feels like the people in Isaiah's day. It feels like our life this year, distanced and worried and holed up, and we need God to break through and put his hand down. God, the good news of Christmas says, has bust into the darkness of this world, and he's come near. He's looking you in the eye right now, and he's holding out his hand in this important moment. And each of us has the opportunity to decide whether we'll trust him and his goodness so that we can be blessed in order to be a blessing. He really is here to help us. So that passage that I love so much is from Isaiah 41. And I want to just read these verses to close. And as we do, will you just let them be God's word for you? Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, for I will hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Let God hold your hand. Let him come near whatever you're going through today. He's near. He, he's here. He's for you. And he wants to bless you and you and your children and your children's children. So receive him. Draw near to him. Trust him, the one who says, I'm here to help you. That's good news.